1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: This podcast is brought to you in part by Sovereign Sportsman Solutions. As conservation officers, we know just how important technology is in this day and age. S3 is a cutting-edge and trusted vendor that provides state agencies with licensing, mobile, CRM, marketing, Law enforcement and event management solutions all in one place. They are dedicated to benefiting the resource. So, check out the link in the show notes to sign up for their newsletter and get the industry insights, news, and content that can keep you up to date on the tech that helps drive conservation into the future. A game warden's children's book, titled A Cowboy in the Woods, is a story of Bobby, a boy who spends the whole summer observing wildlife, writing notes in his notebook fishing with his dad, and keeping track of all the animals in his neighborhood, while trying to solve a neighborhood mystery. What he discovers is more than just an appreciation for the natural world. The idea for this book came from Wayne Saunders' own childhood experiences, growing up and exploring the woods and streams and lakes and ponds of his native New Hampshire. The love of nature instilled in his childhood led him to a career as a conservation officer. Wayne Saunders is a retired lieutenant conservation officer from the New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. Lindsay Webb is a naturalist, wildlife biologist, and environmental educator. Together they collaborated with wildlife artist Ashley Mares to produce The Cowboy in the Woods, the story of a boy whose love of nature leads him in unexpected directions. Available at wardenswatch.com and Amazon. Warden's Watch podcast is now on Patreon, combining the Thin Green Line podcast and the Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon to bring member-exclusive extra content, both video, audio, and with product deals as well. Become a member to support our podcast and get something extra. Search Warden's Watch Podcast on Patreon. We love our children. We protect them. We guide them. We prepare them for life in the world. With all that we do, from deep in our hearts, we cannot control all things. Please join me, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and other Game Wardens on our adventures, protecting wildlife, saving lives, and having fun, all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those who work in the outdoors while being entertained with stories about encounters with poachers, wildlife investigation, murder investigation, near-death experiences, search and rescue missions, wildlife interactions from game wardens around the country and around the world. When I retired, I realized I couldn't let go of that legacy, but rather wanted to share the passion, the commitment, and the stories of those men and women that call themselves game wardens. This is Game Warden, Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch. Scott Gray, reform poacher. Sat down with Lieutenant Jim Nealon of the New Hampshire Fishing Game and myself and Scott Gray, who once upon a time in the 90s was uh, a pretty serious poacher, John. I mean, he he took this to, you know those guys that have to be perfect at what they do? (laughs) He he took that to to poaching, you know, trying to get quiet, trying to have different things so he knew how to do it practiced at home shooting crossbows and other firearms to see how quiet they were and things like that buried a a freezer in his outbuilding you know but Scott I grew up with Scott he's a, he's a really good guy he was a good guy when we were growing up and uh, he actually took and we talk about it he took the game warden test the same time I did and <laughs> He he made an impression. He he was in jeans and boots, and he ran in jeans and boots. Um, did everything in jeans and boots, and did it better than most of us that were were there testing. So he stood yeah. out to a, a lot of the old game wardens there, and said, "Uh, that kid's got it." The only problem, he couldn't tread water. He sunk like a rock. So that, yeah. in hi- hindsight, he probably would have made an epic game warden. So because he made
0: well, it, we, we, yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, we know that to be a good game warden, you got to be in the head of a poacher, you mm. know, and uh, to understand, especially ones like Scott. And I had, you know, more than a handful throughout my career of guys that were just diehard. They had sleeping bags and caches of overnight gear hidden in oak trees mm. and buried on ranches that they would trespass, kill trophy blacktail, you know, here on the West coast foothills. So I call them my poacher to preachers. You know, finally, we busted them so many times. They were getting license revocation for life at at stake, commission action against them. And, you know, they kind of turned, turned the corner at that point. And some of them just started to see, you know, the error of their ways of how it was affecting the numbers of our thin green line resources and feeling bad about it, you know, without having to guilt them into it, just by being, you know, kind of respectful, going through those interviews. Oh, great. It's you again. (laughs) gotcha for the fifth time, you know, and they just started to just, I think, grow out of it in a way. And they Mm. started to feel the judgment, you know, kind of internally. And like, you know, Wayne and all of our game wardens know that have developed really good informants and gotten really connected to our district beyond just the stuff we see out of the patrol vehicle and high visibility. These are the, uh, you know, less than one percenter informants that turn us on to our best cases. Um, I think of, you know, a crooked taxidermist that I got on baiting violations, a bunch of fraudulent taxidermy stuff, but we just developed that relationship where I could kind of heckle with him, you know, uh, in the process of sometimes arresting him to a point where he started to dime off commercial fishermen doing heinous violations on the South Bay of San Francisco, um, other baiting operations, crooked taxidermy, you know, outside in his field. And it led to a lot of really good resource protection cases. Mm. Um, It's funny, you know, we talk about uh, that standpoint and what Scott was doing, but I've also got these reformed guerrilla trespass growers now that stole millions of gallons of water when they grew black market marijuana, you know, on timber property and in the national forests, non-cartel guys, but doing exactly what the cartels do without the weaponry, without the banned poisons, but they still destroyed a ton of wildlife and environment. Mm. And now they're feeling bad about it because they're getting the message through our outreach, through venues, like what you and I are doing on the podcast and reaching out and going, you know what? I was really good at it. None of you guys could catch me helicopter flyovers. We watched you guys drop into our groves. You know, we uh, watched you guys chase us on roads. You never caught us. We were just too good at it, but we really were messing up. And I need to make amends now just because I've you know heard the issue, I've seen how it's been approached. So um, overall, getting guys like Scott involved and having him turn the other cheek and being that kind of guy is just uh, it's the poacher to preacher model that we don't get a lot of that make our careers and more importantly, protect our wildlife nationwide.
2: Yeah, and there's no better feeling for a game warden to turn a poacher or to get information from a poacher. I mean that's that's the real success story. That is the success story of, of what we do to turn them back all those people that you just talked about to turn them with that message and now scott understands that the wildlife need protecting and he's probably part of that so and him and uh, lieutenant nealon have had formed a friendship over the years which is uh is really cool to see and uh, we wasn't it wouldn't be we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for lieutenant nealon you know forming that bond with, with the guy he caught hunting after revocation Um, and, and had known his poaching past. So, and, uh, so it's, it's, it's just epic. And we've all had those stories and it's nice that someone would sit down with us and, and, and tell something they're not very proud of.
0: Um, yeah, and that, that's the thing Wayne is it's one thing for them to help us. It's another thing for them to go public on a podcast forum or on a news media form of any type. So kudos to Scott for stepping mm, up. That's a big step. It is. That's a lot of eyes on him. There's a lot of judgment you know inherent um, for what he used to do. But there's a lot of respect I certainly have for him for making the right call, doing the right thing. and you know what you gotta, you got to acknowledge that. Um, Anybody that's willing to make a change for the better, you got to respect and facilitate and not try to hinder. So, yeah, this is a great episode and his stories are fantastic. Yeah. So Warden's Watch, reformed poacher, Scott Gray.
2: On this episode of Warden's Watch, we're talking to Scott Gray, who I'm going to call you, Scott, a reformed poacher. It, it, I mean, I, I don't want to <laughs> insult you, but uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, is that a good description? Uh, um, yes. Yes, it is. I mean, talking, and, and we have Lieutenant Nealon with us too, and New, New Lieutenant Neelan's, uh become a friend, I, so to speak. You guys have yeah. been... Oh, uh, yes,
3: yes. I, I like Jim very much. Yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, it, it's kind of a unique situation going, and, and you and I... We went to school together for a while, so it, right. it, it's kind of a a very unique situation. And, and thank you so much for for sharing with us. Okay, uh, sure, thank you um, so much because it, it's kind of a unique situation where I'm, I'm going to call you reformed because you know you wouldn't be sitting here. With us, if you were still uh, on that path that y- y- you strayed to, and we started talking earlier, and there was a lot of g- good stuff that came out out of that, you know, when we talk, we're talking about the '90s is when you were active. Yes,
3: yes, uh, the 1990s. Yeah, yeah which is yeah. quite a, quite a, quite some from, distance from away. away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think uh, '94, 1994. Um, I think was. Was the the first uh, incident there, and and then I think maybe a few years after that. But yeah, we're probably talking like 1994 to maybe 97. It, 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 my memory, mm-hmm. I think, is, is somewhere in there.
2: And you tested to be a game warden that time because I think we were on we were we were testing at the same time. And you might remember this, Jim, because. Scott, you stood out in the crowd for sure because I'll remember to this day. And you, know, you had all the wardens talking that you were you ran in your boots, you had your dungarees on. I think you took your shirt off. And
3: I, I don't remember that, but uh, I I do remember there was I think there was an ad in the paper uh, for testing out for a fishing game. Mm-hmm. It was at the field PSU, Oklahoma State College Fieldhouse, and yep. uh, I think a neighbor across the street and I, I think we were 24 years old at the time, mm-hmm. and it sounded pretty cool. We wanted to try it, you know. And and so I I did try it. You I, did. It was a very hot day. I remember it was a hot day. Yeah. Um, but I never was a, a very strong swimmer.
1: Yes. So I think
3: that was my Achilles heel. Probably could have been a strong swimmer if I practiced, but mm. um, but uh, I do remember that uh, that day running around in snowshoes it's in snow July. Shoes. Was it what time of the year was that? I'm trying to. It remember. was in the
2: summer. It was hot. You were right. It was like July, I swear. And but that's when we used to have snowshoes on. Snowshoes, a bucket
4: carry, a litter carry. Yeah. We had ten or twelve different events at the time. And yeah. It took better part of half a day, I think. Jump in the pool with boots on and take mm-hmm. them off. Tread yeah. water. Yeah. yeah, that sounds
2: very familiar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you st- you stood out, because I remember the wardens talking to you, because you, you were fast, and you were doing it in boots and jeans, and none of us were. We were all in shorts and sneakers, and Scott was... Killed us with his times.
3: I, I never was much of a trendy when it come to
2: to <laughs> dress and clothes. I'm just an
3: old farmer at heart, <laughs>
2: yeah, and, and that stood out. But it, it stood out that you were very physically in shape then, and that you were you were far above most. I'd say almost all of us, because, uh, yeah, the only your Achilles heel. I remember you sink like a rock in yeah, a pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Which, I couldn't
3: tread water for the length of time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I can swim underwater. And, and a few things I just I never could get the tread and water thing, yeah maybe if I had to practice more yeah. but and then I think the other issue uh was the written test, but I, you had at that time, if I remember correctly, you had to have at least twenty forty uncorrected in each eye, something like that yeah and I, I, that was kind of iffy too. Yeah. you know I have astigmatism, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that changed today, you know because of all the discrimination laws and things but but I know at that time. I don't think it was a definite no, but I remember there was a my vision, my uncorrected vision level was also a,
2: a, a, a possible right. obstacle yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah. 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 And you wear contacts now? Nope. no, nope. no, nope. no. Nope. I you just I, live with it, or I, well, I have I use glasses to read. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, and I've gone to that too for everything actually. I, yeah,
3: I don't think I'd have the patience to deal with contacts. No. Yeah,
2: yeah, glasses is they're always fogging up. They the fog spot. up. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. But was was that the time when you you started you know doing some illegal no, stuff? Or no, no, never. So you no. you'd been clean there. Yes, up to I that was, point, I was perfect then. Yeah, Had
3: never done anything like that prior to that, and at that time.
2: So what started it?
3: Well. Um, I think it was a frustration uh you know hunting around my area that just really wasn't any deer you know maybe it, it to me it, it was just too hard to get a deer around here you know maybe that was some of it um mm-hmm. i don't know just just made a bad judgment i guess yeah yeah but when you're young you don't know any better well i don't know if i was all that young i might have been in my late 20s
2: but um but when you do something, you, you do it, don't you?
3: I, I always have, yeah. Mm-hmm. I always have. You know, when I when I focus on something, I, I tend to, maybe I get a little obsessed with it. You know, in some ways, I'm a perfectionist. I, I try to, you know, do pretty well at what I do. I got into powerlifting. I, I know during my, uh, I think, illegal night hunting, the suspension was five years, yeah. um, and I couldn't hunt. So I got into powerlifting. And I I became very good at that. Hmm. It just gave me something to focus on other than hunting. Yeah, you know, and I I did very well with that. And um, uh, yeah, I, I you know the areas where I was hunting. I mean, you you can't make any noise, so you got to figure out. Well, how do I make my? You know, you figure out. Okay, I'll hunt here. Here's where the deer are. They're out at night. I can't make any noise. I got to make my my gun so it doesn't make any noise. Mm-hmm. So how do I do that? So you play around with that, and and then you say, well, crossbows are pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. you play around with those, and you try to perfect your craft right <laughs> as best as you can.
2: <laughs> and, and how did you go about that? Did you did you know shoot some stuff at night? And di- did you practice before I you, did. you took the tour?
3: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I wanted everything. Uh, so it was as, as good as I could get it within my means and budget, mm-hmm. you know, which wasn't much money, but, uh, right. yes, I, 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 wouldn't just throw something together. Uh, I, I, if I'm going to go to that trouble, I want it to work
2: at least as best as I can
3: get it to work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what did you start out with? You talk about that. I mean, we, well, but-
3: I'm trying to remember. Was it a twenty-two uh, I, or was it? It a was always crossbow? 22s. Always twenty-twos. Nothing. In, well, you couldn't quiet anything than a twenty-two. It would. Yeah. It would be too much work. I think I used the. Uh, I think crossbows and tr- crossbow and twenty-two. I think I used simultaneously. I don't mm-hmm. think I started out with one and then went to the other. I think I used both, or mm-hmm. or
2: was planning to use both. Well, I'm sure one was easier to conceal than the other.
3: Well, crossbows are—they're very difficult to conceal. I was going to
2: say that's it that yeah. stands out. If I stopped yeah. a guy with a crossbow at night, I'd be yeah. like, um.
3: "Well, the problem—the <laughs> problem with the crossbow is if you're in your vehicle, you got to be careful not to hit the mirror, you know, because you know those things are all folded back, mm-hmm. and you forget when you release it, they're going to spring forward, so." You know, you got to be careful that you don't
4: hit the mirror of your vehicle. So I need to check for broken mirrors That's right.
3: Broken mirrors, you know, if a guy, if you catch a guy in the field late at Mm -hmm. night and his mirror's broken, that might be why. (laughs) It could Mm -hmm. be, you know.
2: Yeah. Did you ever break a mirror? No, I never did. No. I
3: came close, but, you know, because I would practice, uh, you know, out of the car. Out of the car. Just to
2: see how it would work and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And. Did you buy a specific car to go...
3: Not really. I, I did have an old clunker. I think... Uh, I, what was that thing? It was a... a, a it was a Buick Electra. Um, what was that car I had? I had a, a Buick Electra. I forgot the year of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought that from a guy at work that I worked with. And it was like a $500 car. It was a big
2: boat. Yeah. you know, With a big trunk.
3: Big trunk. Yeah, yeah, big big uh, big roomy trunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: In the area you hunted had a lot of deer. Yes. That's what you selected. That's why you went there. Yeah, for go that go where the deer are. Yeah. 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 And so you did you must have reconned that first, I'm assuming, daylight or not. Ah, uh, I, I, I did night.
3: and and I I didn't really realize that place was like that. A a friend of mine, not related to any of the activities that I did, but uh a friend of mine that, that I worked with, uh, one day, well, I used to work for a tree company, mm-hmm. and uh, we were working in, on power lines nearby that area. And I think for lunch, or maybe in the afternoon, we're like, well, let's let's run over here. I want to show you all these deer. He took me down onto that location. I couldn't believe the deer that were down there. I was like, wow, this, I've never seen anything like this, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> I guess that was the 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 forbidden fruit on the tree i don't know, <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> but uh yeah that's how it happened
2: yeah just huh. yeah and how many deer before you were detected did you think you killed ah uh, i i
3: don't really recall you know. i i i don't recall a lot no
2: no no, of no. just a few huh don't recall <laughs> i think the statute of limitations is done scott yeah so. <laughs> yeah well it was
3: it was 27 years ago yeah yeah, yeah.
2: I, I believe and yeah. that's why we can have this discussion now i mean if, yeah. it was, if it was current we'd probably have all different situation. but uh yeah. we can it, w- it,
3: i can tell you right now it wasn't a lot
2: it wasn't no no no, no. huh
3: no and i was only i wasn't doing it to score a lot of of animals i just wanted something to eat you know one or two for myself to eat mm-hmm. that was all i wasn't trying to rack up any big numbers or anything like that yeah that wasn't my goal
2: okay yeah no that makes sense so but you did you were successful you killed a few animals you brought them home i don't recall okay <laughs> they
3: never caught me with a deer
2: yeah you know um
3: I, as i recall the night um, I was basically just kind of turning my car around in a, in like a, uh, kind of a turnaround area and then all at once I see some lights come on kind of up in a upper parking lot mm-hmm. and it was, it was a, it was a fishing game vehicle and, um, but the, I wasn't shining on a deer or anything, but, but, um, you know, I, I was kind of, tr- I, you know, I'd pulled into this road and I was just kind of sweeping with the headlights slow. Mm-hmm. Probably a little slower than a person would normally do turning around. I think mm-hmm. that's what tipped them off. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was—I'm uh, trying to remember the name, Officer Dave, Lo- Dave, Lovequest. Dave Lovequest. Yep. And I don't remember the the other younger guy that was with him. I don't recall. I don't mm. remember his name, but uh,
4: I don't know if it was Brian Abrams or—I
3: don't. I remember Lovequest because that's kind of a different name. Yeah. But, yeah. But I don't remember, but uh, but they were very nice. You know, they they uh, of course they found. You know the crossbow. You know the the loaded crossbow in the car. Okay. You know, and that that was another <laughs> dead, dead giveaway. So uh-huh. that that's. But but I never. I, I I hadn't shot a deer. I wasn't even shining the lights on a deer. Uh, I was just kind of turning around. Mm-hmm. But that's that's how that
2: that's how that uh, worked out, or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Did they, they arrest you then, or is it, did they?
3: Uh, they did. I mean, basically, it was. I mean, I. I mean, I was. I was able to leave and everything. It was. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like getting a traffic ticket in a way. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, that, you know, I saw at that time I, I probably wasn't legally uh, as educated as I am now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I signed a statement saying that if opportunity had presented itself, I would, you know, take a deer. And and so they got that signed statement. I, I basically pled guilty. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and uh, so, I mean, they let me go, and uh, I had to show up at Wolfboro District Court, uh, maybe whatever it was, a month later, or whatever, I pleaded guilty. hmm Yeah.
2: And uh, the search warrant they did on your home, they they did a search warrant later? Uh, yes,
3: they did. It was, um, I don't remember how much later that was. It might have been a month or so.
2: So they must have got some additional information, or? I don't know what,
3: I don't know what made them come to my house I to this day i don't know i do remember somebody made the statement i was too well equipped you know the, the, the you know the because i i told them i you know i really hadn't which i really hadn't done a whole lot but i uh i don't know why they came to
2: the house i don't mm-hmm. know yeah but when when they came to your house they found your freezer
3: well, yeah, they did, but I—I I, someone must have told me it was there or something because okay. I, I don't know. It was under a shed. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that it was – I don't know if it was a freezer plugged in. I think it was just an old freezer and I had some uh, – maybe I was experimenting again. I think I just had some – I think I had some meat in it packed in sawdust. I think I had frozen it and packed it in. I'm not sure. I'm trying. It was a long time ago, but mm-hmm. there was a freezer under the shed. But uh, um, I'm trying to remember. Yes, I, I had. I did have some moose meat that was legal. There was a a roadkill moose up on Route 49 um, that was hit, and uh, the people g- uh, gave me the moose. I think the, the the officer's name was Officer Franchise in Waterville Valley mm-hmm. on Route Forty Nine. So the moose meat I had in the freezer was legal. It was from a
2: roadkill. So, so Did you have two freezers? Or that was the only just freezer? one. Just the just, one you buried underneath just, yep, the shed. Yeah, just the one. Yeah. And and how did you move the shed? Put the freezer, bury it, and then put the shed back over? No, or?
3: Uh, just like a trap door in the floor. Okay, you know, or or a removable panel. Yeah.
2: Huh. Yeah. So you made the removable panel, then dug the hole for the yeah. freezer. and placed the freezer in it, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that freezer, you didn't have that plugged in or anything? I don't I think.
3: think so. I, th- yeah. I think it was in the fall of the year. It was pretty cold anyway. I I, I don't think it was plugged in. Hmm. I, I don't know why. Maybe it wasn't a functioning freezer. I, maybe I didn't have a functioning freezer. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember. I know the meat was frozen, though. hmm I, I really don't recall, to be honest with you. Yeah. But it that would have been
2: effective, sawdust would have.
3: I, I think I sawdust. remember, I thought I had sawdust packed around everything. Mm. Uh, it's funny, some stuff I remember real well, and some stuff I'm just not sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't believe it was plugged in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was.
2: The plan was to put the deer that you shot... Illegally and put it in the freezer. I'm assuming. Yeah, I
3: didn't have a lot of room anyway. You know, no. had, had had to find, make room. You know, because yeah. it didn't take any room. You could just, you know, the, it was just over the floor. And if yeah. I needed some meat, I just pull up the panel and open it up, take a piece, and cook it. Yeah. Yeah. It well. might have been more to save room than anything else, but yeah. Um. But yes, I did that. Mm. I, yeah. Just, well, uh, just, just ideas. I don't know. I guess uh, I get an idea in my head, and I. I, I well let's try this let's try that you know mm-hmm. um, it, it's just maybe it's just the way I do things
2: yeah no uh-huh. you, you definitely did it it's uh, uh you know as I remember it as a young warden hearing the story was uh <laughs> I, I was like the extents that you went to were above and beyond what I had heard you know generally you no, know, it sounded like you had a big car with a good trunk with the deer that that makes great sense the, the crossbow—that's uh, a good idea—and the, the freezer that's buried. I yeah. Mean, well, the
3: crossbow was to be quiet. Yeah. Uh, the car wasn't planned. I, I just I worked at Plymouth Manufacturing at the time. I was mm-hmm. in the woodroom running the debacle, and one of my coworkers was selling a. A ni- I think it was a 1978 Buick Electra. Big 400 <laughs> engine, big, huge trunk. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was a nice car. Remember I, I remember I liked the car. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one I got caught in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I, I didn't buy it specifically to go, uh, you know, Jack Deere. It's just that um, I can almost think of the guy's name. Uh, the guy was selling the car. So I mm-hmm. bought it. It was like a $500 car. So that's – I didn't buy it specifically. It, it may sound like – you know, you know, I put all this thought into the crossbows and other things. And, well, you didn't it, put that
2: much thought into the car. I, I it just didn't. happened. The, the
3: car it was just kind of a happenstance. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, a re- happenstance, it
3: really was. But a good happenstance, I mean. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, no doubt. I, I had yeah. a, a farmer tell me a story about it, and he would never rat anybody out, but he'd always tell a story, and, and he said, geez, if I was going to poach a, a moose, it'd be a calf. I said, really? I said, what, what pickup would you drive? Oh, I wouldn't drive a pickup. I'd drive a, a big car with a big trunk. I'm like, how are you going to get a moose in the back of a trunk? Uh, I'd, have, I'd get a calf. So when I said, what, what color of the truck, what, what car would you have? Oh, it would be a green, like that old green. So he'd never tell me information. He'd always tell a story, but it had all kinds of factual stuff within it. So I would have to decide. Sounds that like he put some thought into yeah. it. Yeah. My
4: yeah. best hunting vehicle was a big old Delta 88, and it was the best hunting rig I ever had. Huh. That had a big Guns, trunk. Big trunk guns everything fit in it nicely
2: and they could go those those cars could go man (laughs) yeah put down you didn't mind hurting it no the old (laughs) 400 like you said they they put some engines in those big cars yeah. back then yeah. yeah good getaway
3: car yeah well wasn't the isn't the national sport of nascar that the roots was to for the moonshiners
2: it to was. outrun
3: the revenue agents? it was yeah, yeah. necessity That's... is the mother of invention yes
2: <laughs> no doubt yes. no doubt so <laughs> so you got you got prosecuted for the, those potion deer and then you lost your license for five years yes but you continued to hunt uh, I did in I, at,
3: that, at that time you could hunt in Vermont. If, if at that time if you lost your license in New Hampshire, you, you could hunt in Vermont. Uh, I was hunting in Vermont. Um, I, once in a while I would hunt in my backyard, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but mostly I did legally hunt in Vermont. Mm-hmm. But I did get caught uh, hunting. I, I, I it was I was still on a suspension. Uh, and I did get caught uh, hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, pretty much, you know, on the road I live on. It was just a, up on the hill there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I just, I, I just couldn't stand not hunting for yeah. five years.
4: And that's what I remember about that event. From what Scott told me, I mean, I remember the initial conviction that Lovey got. I was down in Southern New Hampshire, and and uh, I remember hearing about it, and I was somewhat jealous because it was a pretty good case. Yeah. And then when I transferred here and. 95 or 6 or whenever I did, I remember Lovey saying, Oh, you ought to keep an eye out for Scott Gray. And I'm like, Well, all right. And over the course of the next year or two, I kind of got to know Scott a little bit. And then I well, I, think I was I, I was,
3: trapping he was trapping because it's a separate license. Mm-hmm. So you I was able to trap. So I know what it was. Um, how we kind of met was. Um, uh, the Nisbits, uh that trailer on Quincy Road, um, a, coy- a big coyote had pulled, got, had pulled the stakes on one of my traps, mm-hmm. and it went across the cornfield and underneath this mobile home. And I guess the guy got up at 11 o'clock at night to the sound of his dog and something fighting under the mobile home. I guess he went out with like a 30 hot six and blasted the thing at 11 o'clock at night. But my trap had the name on it, my name on the trap. Mm-hmm. So they call fishing games. So I, I think he, cause all I remember is I was, I was in my yard uh, one mid morning, maybe early afternoon. I was just going over some 330 corner bears and I heard something behind me and it was Jim Nealon and he goes, Did you lose a trap? I says, Yes, I did. And then he explained how it was one of the largest coyotes that you'd ever seen, and you hated to cut the head off it. you said I think what happened no, was I'd uh rabies, some of the yeah. well there was blood on the pet the the golden retriever and the kid patted the dog and so uh that's kind of how we met uh was because of the trapping and uh the, the situation where uh, a coyote uh, pulled one of my stakes I, I i had a grapple on it too but the gra the, the instead of going into the woods the coyote ran across the cornfield so the grapple is ineffective mm. and it went uh i think when it got near that mobile home the golden retriever met it and there was a piece of homosote skirting that wasn't on the it was missing, and I think the coyote, just in a, you know, salt preservation, yep. got underneath the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I guess that coyote is how he <laughs> responsible for us meeting, you know. As I remember it, I think yep. that's how it happened.
4: Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. The
3: people mm-hmm. said it was a very big coyote. I wish I'd, I would I would have loved to have seen that in my set. Yeah. You told me that you only saw one bigger come out of Knockers Hole.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that was good because you're you're quite a woodsman. I mean, do you spend it with your trapper. You 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 like the I, woods. So, I do yeah. like
3: it. I, I wish I didn't have to work so much, and you know, we're all on the <laughs> hamster wheel too long. to, yeah. to do what we really want to do. Right. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, so. I, I do enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was you know just a hobby trapper, nothing big. You know. Yeah. Um, but nope. uh, you know, trapping's fun. And I, I never really got into trapping beaver or anything. I was just trying to, like, trap the coyotes to try to help the deer in the area. Mm-hmm. I don't like shooting coyotes in traps because I love dogs. Yeah. And I, I really don't enjoy shooting them in traps. Yeah. But, um, you know, I know they're taking deer, so
4: mm-hmm. I just
3: do it for the deer in the area. hmm You know. Yeah. And uh, I did get a permission to trap at the Longview Farm. And that's where all that occurred. And then I, I do trap. My aunt has 200 acres, and she's got a back field, and I trap there. And I think Neil McIver gave me a permission too. I never did get anything out there, but mm. yeah. So just, yeah. just basically, just around my house.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And when you were hunting after revocation, that was kind of around your house too. That was around my house. Yeah. Yeah. Just on Beach Hill. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that—that's a walk from the house.
4: Well, I think he drove. Uh, I don't remember if he drove up or not. Well, I remember remember standing behind the oak tree when you came out. I I parked
3: at Bobby Clay's and and walked across the street and up into a tree stand. Hmm. But you know, it's funny. I remember the day that I I come. they let me go in. I remember he said something like, Well, I was hoping for something better. But anyway, I I remember I I came out at at dark. Um, I I think I came out down below him a little bit. But, uh, you know, basically, it's just up from my house, quarter mile, Mm -hmm. half a mile, maybe a mile, half a mile, something like that, Mm -hmm. yeah, up on uh, a piece of property that uh, the family owned, Mm -hmm. yeah. Were you surprised to hear, Jim? Uh, I was, but you know, it's funny, I remember that day, you know how you have these little, well, actually, uh, it just brought back something else I remembered, but... uh, I remembered uh, when I first got up into the woods, I sensed something. I didn't know if I heard car doors closing. Something told me something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. I, I sensed it, but I but I, I remember like just kind of thinking and, and listening, and I was like, "Well, I just kind of dissed it off," you know. Mm-hmm. But I sensed something that day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you something else too. I just remember this uh, the night uh well when i got caught with the illegal night hunting that wasn't night hunting that when 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 jim got me that was just uh you know hunting after a suspension or um but the night hunting one i remember that big old 500 hundred dollar car that we were talking about i remember the, the night i was headed down to that nice area uh, the thing didn't want to start. And I remember cursing that car. Something was trying to tell me, you don't want to go down there. <laughs> I remember that car wouldn't start. Uh-huh. And it's that same, but I remember that, other, that night, uh, that afternoon, uh, what was that other officer's name?
4: Uh, John Wimsett, I think. Wimsett, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I sensed something, but... Uh, oh, you mean when you got caught for night hunting?
3: Uh, well, when I went, the night hunting, I remember the no, car no, wouldn't no, start. Yeah, I had trouble no. with the car. Um, and then that night that you and Wimsett got me, um, I remember when I, when I got up into the woods to, to go to my stand, I, I, I sensed something wasn't right. I sensed something, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't put a finger on it, but I, I don't know, something, I knew something weren't right. I could Mm -hmm. sense something weren't right.
2: You know, I always call that that sixth sense. Yeah. uh, Something. Yep. I I mean, I remember, I remember
3: (laughs) like walking very fast and I just stopped dead in my tracks. And I'm standing there and I'm like, I just had this feeling that something ain't right. I just, I just, you know, but I just couldn't, I figured, ah, oh, you're just being
2: paranoid, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just went on. Yeah. yeah. And that was before you were on, that's not when Jim yelled out to you.
3: That, well, that was when I was heading up in okay. for the afternoon mm-hmm. sit, you know? Yeah. And then when I came out at dark, um, I I remember, what did somebody say? I heard a voice yell. I said, "Scott, put, put put the gun down." Put the gun the down. <laughs> I remember putting the gun down, and so I
4: and you I, asked me who it was. You said, "Who is it?" And I identified myself, and you said, "Okay." Yeah, and you did. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But I was behind a big oak tree, oak tree, just in case. Well, I would, I, I would, never, I, would
3: never, I would never shoot anybody. Right. No, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't do that. But, yeah. but uh, I do remember that. But night. I remember yeah. him
4: coming down through the woods at the end of the night and waiting at the edge of the road for. It might have seemed like 2 minutes before he crossed, but you could hear him crunching in the leaves.
3: Well, I was there was you a there's a, there was a there's a trail because yeah. the driveway I was parked at is down here and the stand is up on the well kind of out in the clear cut there, but so I kind of had to come out and there was this old ATV trail that I traveled down to mm-hmm. then across from the driveway. So in other words, I uh, because I was on a suspension, I didn't want to be seen walking up the road. I just right. I just wanted to pick the shortest exposed route had to be the shortest one you know so you just zip across into the brush mm-hmm. then once you're in the woods you feel safer mm-hmm. so that's why there was the extended walk right yeah so how did
2: you know he was up there does that i mean
4: well i had you know, obviously when i transferred he had been told to yeah. keep an eye out for him and over time he's walked pieces of property i mean mm-hmm. i think that's maybe your aunt so i knew it was yes. family property yes. somehow and yes had walked that piece not on that for that particular reason but Noticed a tree stand and then decided this was the night I was going to sit there and mm-hmm. knew what Scott was driving and knew it wasn't packed at his house but at somebody else's house. In yeah. close proximity. So I said, well, now might be the best night to sit here. And I think uh, up the road was a the F- Herb Carson with the Forest Service yeah. lived up the road so it was a handy spot for me to hide my cruiser, mm-hmm. yeah. sneak down through the woods and stake out the edge of the road. There was no sense to me in walking into the... Tree nope. stand, uh, we all get a little hinky about yep. <laughs> walking into someone in the tree stand. Uh, so I waited for him to come out, and, and he did. And he was very cordial that night, to be quite honest. Walked mm-hmm. us back up into the tree stand, as I recall, showed us around. I can't remember if we took the tree stand out or left it or what we did. But, I don't, re- I don't but, remember. But I don't remember any of that. But yeah. I know he brought us back, went out. Once again, I'm not sure if he was... Smart enough to give us the written statement again, but <laughs> I don't believe I. I, did. I don't think so, and I'm not sure I, we even I, asked for it. I like, don't
3: think you asked me for it. I probably
4: figured I had enough as it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's
3: how I remember it. Yeah, yeah and that was. I don't know. I don't remember how many years that was after the the night hunting conviction. Was to say it I was three? Around. Yeah,
4: maybe it was three years into your s- suspension. I think
3: I was. Yeah. yeah, I think I was. Something. And I like can't that.
4: remember if that added time to it or did it
3: added three years. Yeah. So right. I wasn't able to hunt in New Hampshire for eight years. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. So that's why I got into the trapping and the powerlifting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something oh. to focus on. Yeah. And did you hunt in Vermont during that time frame too?
3: I did, yeah. and that that. You know, that was my, re- my, my, re- my relief valve, if you could say it that way, yeah you know, yeah. At that time, you know, cause I, and I would hunt with, mm-hmm. uh, I had some friends that were familiar with, uh, Newbury and Bradford, um, cause I didn't know the area, but, uh, I did hunt over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But after that, you've been pretty much on the straight and narrow oh, ever yes. since. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: Yep. Yep. And I think they've changed the law now. I don't think you yeah, can
2: you, hunt there. You can't. At
3: that time, you could though.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: Which yeah. I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, really?"
2: Yeah. I was
3: surprised. I was like, "Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get a license over there."
2: Yeah, I think yeah. every state right. is now in what right. they call the compact now, yeah. except New Jersey was the last holdout, and yeah. I'm still not sure about that. But yeah, so that's uh, that was uh, like you said, when you get into things, you do it. You do it. I do it uh,
3: too much, I guess. (laughs) I
4: don't know. Um. I remember Scott wanting to stay in the sport and the activity. I remember him helping one of the local guides, if you remember helping Bill a lot in those days, who ran hounds, uh, ran sports for moose hunting and things like that, and Scott was always there to help drag an animal out. It just wanted to stay part of the activity. absolutely. And, uh, you know... Did I suspect maybe something was going on? Maybe, but I—I I don't. He never gave me an indication that he no, was doing anything no. after that.
3: You know, I, always, I wouldn't do anything yeah. to screw anybody. If I'm going to screw anybody up, it'll be me. Yeah. But I—I I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't want any collateral damage, so I wouldn't do that to anybody. Right. Yeah. I just wouldn't. You know. Mm. I mean, if I screw up, hey, it's you know that's on me. But yeah. I'm not going to. I'm not. I don't want to affect anybody else. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to him. huh You know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hey. I really appreciate you sharing the story cuz like I said it's 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 a reform. I mean, you don't sit at, sit at a table with two game wardens, former game warden, current game warden right. and uh you know, have this conversation. If you're still doing that stuff and you know, it certainly educates a lot of other people that hey, people make mistakes, they straighten out, they they fly straight and we I, we appreciate it. Yeah. Um for yeah. sure. It's, 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 it's good to have that. And I think even a lot of the people that violate, we have that, uh, sheepdog and coyote type of mentality with some of them. I mean, Poacher Haynes and Colebrook. I mean, his nickname's Poacher Haynes. And he always said, Wayne, if you ever catch me, I'll just plead guilty. Don't worry. I'll just plead guilty. But I never caught him. Yeah, Lucas caught him, and he wasn't happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it was for something else too, which yeah. he, did, he wasn't like. It was a yeah. little wacky weed, I think. So, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know why I did it. Just you know, just I don't know, just I just something crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, um.
4: I mean, and I distinctly remember when the seven or eight years was up, the suspension was up. I mean, I remember it was a big thing for you. I remember him having hunting questions or. Not wanting to screw up, so he'd call me. Yeah. Jim, I have a question. It was, and it was, it would be a simple question. would be like, geez, Scott, you can look it up in the book, you know? And he's like, not that I would worry about answering it, but he's like, I just don't ever want to screw up again. And I just remember him always saying that whenever he had a question, you know, he would not push it and would call and ask you through Chris here at the office or see me at the store or yeah. give me a shout. So that yeah. always stuck out in my head that uh, – Yeah.
3: Hmm. Well, Jim's a good guy. I've always felt comfortable with him, and um you guys are doing a noble thing. And the animals do need protection. With the populations we have today, if everybody just stepped out and got a deer whenever they wanted to, there wouldn't be any left, obviously. So, yep. so I mean, I I do, you know, I'm 55 years old now. You know, I I do realize, you know, that the animals do need protection, and hmm. uh, you know, that's so. I, I I mean, I I probably realized that then. But I just had too many other things in my mind, I guess.
2: Yeah, um, it had to be a little so. excitement too. I mean, it
3: is exciting. Yeah, it, it is. It's a little, it's an adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. You know, when when you're bored and you know, you, well, I have to stop hunting because it's five o'clock at night. I I don't want to stop hunting. I want to keep hunting. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I
2: you yeah. know, it, it it is. It had a whole different layer to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. No, I. I, I I often wondered, you know, that extra little excitement, you know, the potential of getting caught, shining, you know, practicing out the It's a little bit of a rush. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I I can totally get that because it's it's a little bit of a rush for us to catch guys like you, Scott, too. Sure it is. There's a little bit of adrenaline dump on that side. I I don't (laughs) doubt it. Yeah.
3: I don't doubt it. Yeah. And so I would imagine uh, being a a fish and game warden um, because you're always dealing with armed uh, suspects. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the regular police, you know, have armed people, but, I mean, as a fishing game warden, uh, probably just about everybody, unless it's a fisherman, just about everybody you deal with is armed.
4: And even they have a knife quite often. I must admit, we probably get complacent uh, Mm, at times around firearms and Yeah. I think people people
3: that hunt, even most poachers, I think are, uh, you know, they're they're not the same type of people that would do an armed robbery of a bank or something. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think there was reckless like that, you know. Although in your situation, Carl Mm Draga,
2: that that was a, you know, that was a different situation. Yeah, he certainly wasn't a poacher though. He was just a murderer. Was that
3: political? Wasn't Uh, he mad at the town? He was mad at the
2: town, and uh, yep, they took his plates off his truck that shouldn't have been on the road that day, and that's kind of broke it. So uh, that 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 broke him, and but he had so many other issues going. on. All that on. over an unregistered vehicle. Yeah, uh, There must yeah. Have been some other things going on too. Yeah, there was definitely so yeah. in his head, but no no doubt. Yeah. Certainly, um, you know that sixth sense you talk about. I think wardens acquire that too, yeah. and all of a sudden something tells them that's not something's not right, and that's. I always tell the young guys when you when you feel that, especially when you like you said when it's new, believe it. Yeah. because i th- i think that's your body tells you there's something wrong there so i don't know if you ever had that experience too, oh, Jim. Yeah. but yeah. it's just all of a sudden there's something wrong yep. and uh, it's that those other senses that tell you and that's the way we deal with hunters a lot with with whether it's just all of a sudden something's not right here and that's when you become very aware of your situation and your surroundings and yeah in the uh, current political climate <laughs> that's that's really uh you know,
3: it's it's a little different today than 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yep. You no know, doubt about it. no doubt.
2: But you know, Jim was hugging a big oak tree just in case when yeah. when when Scott Gray <laughs> oh, came out. yeah, I would I,
3: I would never I would never shoot anybody yeah. uh, in it. In you no, know, I, I I would never do that. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if this country was being attacked, yeah, you know, if the Chinese invaded. Uh, hampton beach i'd be right down with, there with my deer rifle and i'd, love I'd one want to be beside out.
2: you too <laughs> you know but no i i, w- I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't shoot anybody yeah. you know no well, not, well uh, sometimes we don't know that so we try right. to no, be a little I, bit a I little know. more prepared yeah, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. so but no i yeah. i appreciate you taking the time sitting back down and uh, sure. sharing that and i'm sure all, all the listeners will really appreciate that the Reformation. It's just it's it's, it's a good thing. Uh, there's, there's other guys out there that have done that. Uh, this is kind of a unique thing. I actually did a podcast with a Nevada game warden whose father had shot a deer at night, got arrested. Why he was there as a young kid. Mm-hmm. One of the other ones that I interviewed. Uh, actually was the arresting officer in that case and what kind of made that connection. So we may be doing a podcast down the road on that, or it may appear in international game warden magazine, but those are the kind of contacts. And, you know, we've talked about that, but his dad shot a deer illegally at night, got arrested for it while he was there. And years later, here he is a game warden and reconnects with the game warden that, uh, actually arrested his father Hmm. so it's kind of another unique story but hey man thanks for sharing I appreciate it okay thank you please join me game warden Wayne Saunders and other game wardens on our adventures protecting wildlife saving lives and having fun all while serving the public and the natural resources of our planet. Listen to the tales and experience of those